right, welcome to the Root Issues Podcast, where we're gathering around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. I'm Brian Matthew. I'm here with Chris Henderson and Steve Woodrow. Uh, hey, uh, Steve, would you mind just briefly, before we get started and talking about these root issues, would you mind just recapping what you talked about uh, Sunday service this past Sunday? Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, so we're in this series on the book of Revelation. We started in Matthew 24, the Jesus Olivet Discourse, and we're moving through the book of Revelation now, uh, looking... This Sunday, we looked specifically at chapter 2 um, of Revelation, to the, the letter to the church of Thyatira, just the last part of it, where Jesus um, tells us, in here, I'll read it for us. Uh, he says, this is starting verse 26 of Revelation chapter 2, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with an iron rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father and i will give him the morning star and he he was a year to hear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches and so we bounced out of this verse this sunday to do something a little different right guys we we kind of looked at this huge a worldview uh biblical worldview and um talked about having a spiritual worldview uh, that is accurate to understanding the bible and inside that we talked about this idea of training for reigning that what this passage tells us is this incredible uh, blessing, right, that God has for us. We have more detail in the end times of what Christ has for us than we'd ever really imagined, just about any other subject. And this idea that, boy, those who will conquer that he has for his children, this idea of um, that we're going to rule the nations. And what is that all about? You know, and so we kind of dove in. We start in Genesis 6. And moved all the way to Revelation uh, in looking at this larger spiritual worldview and uh, the angelic realm, demons, angels, the differences with all that. We kind of covered a lot of territory in a lot of different verses. Um, but I think at this podcast, we're just going to drill down to a couple of these kind of root issues um, for this midweek podcast. Awesome. <clears throat> Here's my first question for you, Steve, because when we talk about worldview, it's like, how do you define worldview like yeah. give us the basics for that because i think everybody hears that word getting thrown out there but you have a worldview you have a biblical worldview you have a supernatural worldview you have a spiritual worldview but like what is like a good definition for just worldview yeah that's a i think a great question chris um yeah i think uh the best way i see that is a worldview it's our view so it's the lens of how we're looking at life and uh, a biblical worldview needs to be, and what we're all moving towards, right, is uh, in our walk with God and, and seeing the world as he sees it, is getting a biblical worldview, that the lens, the primary lens that we look at things with is a biblical lens. So no matter what we're looking at or thinking about, it, 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 the, it should go through the Bible. Our, the Bible is our authority. It's the word of God. That's our first place we go. So whatever the topic is, the question for us is, are we developing a worldview? Have I thought through, has, is my Bible lens on as such as I'm looking at things, no matter what um, those things are? Yeah, and Steve, uh, you know, as the children's pastor, you actually talked on Sunday slightly against Sunday school and just yeah. said, uh, you know, we're not talking about these in Sunday school. Um, but how do you, how would you address, you know, for, for those out there who have kids and sure. um, you talked a lot about angels, demons, yeah. the phelim, all that st spiritual realm. And you said, hey, instead of being scared of that, 
uh, to be knowledgeable about it. But how do we address that in, in an age of, you know, for myself being a parent and talking to our kids about it and introducing it? Sure. Is there a specific age or... Yeah, I think it's a great question. I didn't speak against Sunday school. I'm a product <laughs> yeah. of Sunday school, but just that this is the stuff we should have learned in Sunday school, right? right? Uh, it, because ultimately for our children, we, this is what we want at a young age. We want to form their, how the, the lens of how they look at the world, and we want that to be through God's Word. And uh, this idea of the spiritual realm is the biblical worldview that the uh, listeners of the Old Testament, the listeners of the New Testament, this is how they understood, and the writers, right, of the Bible, this is how they understood the world that they were living in and that they're writing to us about. And so it's important that we don't impose on the Bible the the modern worldview that we look in, that it's a biblical worldview. And uh, so I think it's just for parents, boy, especially in this day and age, how important it is, even more important, I think, because, boy, with social media now, they're just getting hammered, Right with uh, things that do not line up, obviously, with the biblical worldview. So I, I think parenting is, and this is where I think church and obviously working with families is so important that we spend more time supporting, encouraging parents and and obviously with our children of thinking through uh, with our kids, how are they seeing the world, right? So right. that, and, and is the Bible forming that thought? Or, boy, we know that the world is, is helping form that thought. Well, and we had a conversation earlier where you talked about even a story like Noah's Ark. And we talk about, you know, the, the beautiful rainbows and the boat, but we don't talk about, you know, the the kind of destruction that came with it and God's promise and like, the fullness of the story. Uh, so, I mean, I guess my, my question is like, how honest are you when it comes to talking about these issues with kids? And is, is there a certain age where, you know, you want to introduce them without causing fear? Sure. It's a great question. Uh, and I think, again, it's up to that parent. And I think every child is, I know some of our kids, that some were much more ready, more mature, shall we say, than others and more spiritually sensitive than others. Um, but I think early on, you know, it's interesting, Jesus, when he says, unless you become like a child, right, you will not see the kingdom of heaven, which is a pretty profound thing. So the idea of we're called to be born again, Right, like a child. So a child has no problem with these concepts. It, we think, oh, this is too. They actually have more capacity than we do because we are t- tainted really with uh, our flesh and worldly thoughts and, and skepticism about the supernatural. The children aren't. They're built in. The idea of God, no child comes out like questioning, is there a God? It doesn't happen. They're like, oh, of course. Right. You know, um, and that should tell us something. <laughs> right. Yeah. That should, uh, well, uh, we talked earlier about just the influences that are maybe spiritual but not biblical uh, that the kids are getting in you know you had just mentioned that you know f- and anything from media to movies to to whatever it is they're getting influenced anyways right uh, so you know for you know us our perspective for children is to why not give them the, the biblical truth to, right. to you know have their foundation be built at a young age instead of movies and yeah absolutely Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That's great. Okay, so I'm just your average Joe, right? Okay, so I've got multiple lenses, multiple hats by how I view the world in, and I am overwhelmed with just life. I'm in survival mode. It's a day-by-day battle. At what point and how do I start to develop an appetite for a biblical worldview as well as a hunger for the supernatural? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot there. I think uh, um, this idea of a hunger for the supernatural well, really is a hunger for God, right? Okay. I mean, <laughs> right. Is that, uh, um, and so I, I do think that, boy, we have, I think we are more impacted by our Western culture of just naturalism, materialism, than we ever realize, actually. Um, and I think we were talking earlier about, boy, what a question to say, hey, how much of the supernatural is involved in our everyday life? How much of the supernatural really is a part of our life, right? Yeah. Uh, we are spirit people. The Holy Spirit fills us and uh, brings gifts and insights, and we're called to walk in the Spirit and in the ways of the Spirit. And uh, and obviously, book of Ephesians, as well as many others, talks about um, this life that we're to engage in the spiritual realm or the whole idea of prayer itself is a supernatural work and uh so i think it begins with the basics uh the word of god and prayer and realizing that our god is spirit and, and jesus is fully man fully god when he was here and he's now in the resurrected body and the holy spirit all that is uh, everything about the christian faith the starting the virgin birth is is all these wild supernatural things that um i, I think that we 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 struggle with that chasm between the world, the everyday life, and um, what we read in the scripture. Something I do with my discipleship guys is we just every when we get together, we uh, we constantly try to reinforce three things. When I wake up in the morning, <clears throat> am I expectant that I'm going to have an encounter, you know, with God? I'm, am I uh, expecting to engage God, right? Uh, and with that, I'm, am I available? Right? Am I making myself available, God, to walk with you, to, be, to obey you, to be used by you? And finally, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come and fill me that, that I'm not just going to live a fleshly life, that I'm going to be filled with your spirit and live out that abundant life right, that Jesus um, has for us. So that would just be a couple, couple things. Yeah, and uh, you talk about you know, the abundant life that Jesus has for us. Uh, would you say, you know, we talk a lot about at Crossroads, um, you know, our goal is like, we're going to follow Jesus no matter follow Jesus and his mission, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and would you say that's a, a popular opinion? You talked, you know, you named a statistic that 6%, I think you said at Barna study said 6% of people have a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Is, is that kind of what that entails as far as I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what? Yeah. So that I think the, it was like somewhere between six and eight percent recently, like the last couple of weeks, of those who claim to be Christians. I want to say it's somewhere like 150 million in America uh, who who will identify as a Christian, but only six percent of those actually have anything close to a, a biblical worldview. And uh, so that really shows us, right, that uh, boy, there's this massive chasm. This is why many are, are struggling in the faith, or stepping out of the faith, or just not growing. Without a biblical worldview, obviously, you can't grow, you know, uh, in the in the ways of the Scripture. And uh, so that's something we we need to really be aware of in our discipleship, right? And the idea of following Christ and His mission at all costs is just the call to discipleship, right? And and to, to deny ourselves, pick up a cross daily, and follow him. Uh, so we need to, in all of our ministries, we need to work with people to make sure we're not just gathering around felt needs. That's a beginning place. It's great. But are we calling people, as Jesus did, out of the crowd, right, into discipleship, uh, where they have to come to a crisis of faith, where they're, you know, okay, I'm ready to really follow you, Jesus, and, and learn to be a disciple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. I mean, okay, so like 
I do know, like, you know, that there are people who are just, like, caught up in their every day. And so, like, what's one practical thing to shift them out of their every day into a bigger picture, the picture that God has for them? I mean, on Sunday, you were really talking about, like, there's this big picture that God has for you. It's great. And, I mean, I know, like, when I work with middle school students and high school students, sometimes they're just caught up in the picture that's mm-hmm. in front of them. But I can see that, man, you've got so much potential. How, what's great. the one thing that somebody can do to break out of the limited view that they have yeah. into the bigger, sure. more astonishing view that God has? Yeah, great, Chris. Uh, I, uh, you know, on Sunday we talked about this question. We threw it out, you know, um, what is God's ultimate purpose for your life? Yeah. And uh, you could kind of see kind of like, oh, you know, um, and that's a big question, you, you know. And, and so anybody that's grown up in the church, you know, the, uh, with the Westminster Catechism or any other church creeds knows that, you know, the chief end of man is to glorify God. So I think if we talked, we, most people land, okay, if they're a Christian, they'll say, uh, my, God's purpose for me is to glorify him. But what does that mean? Right? What does it mean to glorify Him? And this is where we, we started breaking down on Sunday this larger worldview, going back to Genesis 6 and uh, the whole idea of the Nephilim and the, and the, the nations, the, the, the angels set over the nations at Babel, you know, um, all, all of these things. I'll come back to that. But um, I, I think ultimately we've just, we haven't, I don't think we've challenged people enough with what, how grand a purpose that God has for us, right? And Christ has for us that, as we read here in the beginning in Revelation, Jesus says, those who conquer, I'll give you the nations, right? You will rule the nations. First Corinthians 6, Paul says, don't you know you're going to rule, you're going to judge angels one day. You know, you're going to oversee and judge the world. In other words, Jesus invites us into reigning, right? Uh, the nations, this, and what do we mean by the what nations? Well, it's the nations of the world that uh, in their renewal, in the new heavens and the new earth, we will be... Uh, united with Christ, and He's calling us into that uh, that partnership with Him to to reign, right, and to rule. And uh, so, boy, we our, our idea of purpose we get so narcissistic, I think, and just so this world focused, rather than the full picture of what God has has really called us to. Um, hence, why it's important that we have this larger spiritual worldview and understand His promise to us to rule the nations. Well, can we back that up? Well, like, okay. Is that some weird thing or, you know, uh, but where is that in Scripture? And that's what we broke down on Sunday, starting Genesis 6, this idea of uh, the Nephilim, who are, the, the, who from that we get demons that Jesus dealt with as unclean spirits in the New Testament. We have the sons of God set over the nations at the Tower of Babel who turn bad, according to Psalm 82. And um, we see uh, that Satan, because of those angels going bad who are over the nations, that they're under Satan's control. We see in, when Satan came to tempt Jesus, he offers him the nations. Well, how did, Jesus, how did Satan do that? Because he had control um, of those. And we see that Jesus' work is to come and to defeat the power of the enemy and to restore, right, this earth. And so he's called us. He does, it didn't save us just to, you know, have this pie-in-the-sky kind of little kumbaya time in heaven. But he saved us, right, to be a part of the family of God, to train in this life for reigning with him in the next life. And I think that that's what's missing a lot of the time is this connection between what I'm doing here versus wow, what God is going to have me do out there, right? Yeah. Um, one verse that I, I cling to a lot, uh, it's Habakkuk 1.5, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, 
his cry out to God, and like, God, what are you doing? There's stuff happening everywhere. And uh, God's response is watch and be utterly amazed because I'm going to do something you wouldn't believe even if I told you. And which is crazy because he's told us a lot of stuff in the Bible and uh, for, for us to believe in a God that's going to do even above and beyond what he's yeah. already expressed in the Bible uh, just blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you use the word training. And so when I think about training, I mean, I think about like, okay, today I'm going to do my sit-ups, I'm going to do my pull-ups, or today I'm going to watch this part of this podcast so mm. that I'm training. So like, what is that training aspect to help somebody shift? Because I mean, it's like for so many people, even for me back in the, you know, well, like today is today, today is today. Yeah. And this is what I have before me. And so how do I keep my mind focused on, I need to be training more in that heart with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it comes down to just, uh, I would just do a plug here for discipleship um, in the sense of, uh, right, make that step into a group where you're really challenging each other to go uh, for the full call of following Christ. And that entails what really wrestling, right, on a weekly, regular basis with what is God's purpose for me? And am I carrying out? Am I seeing fruit? Am I yeah. seeing those works that he said he has for me to do come to life? And am I seeing this connection between Sunday uh, at church and, and Monday when I'm at work? And uh, and am I getting into the scriptures and understanding that, that God, Christ has me and desires for me? The blessings he has for us are just are massive, right? Rain, ruling in the nations, right? Judging angels. How's all, all going to work? And you can go back and listen to Sunday to get some of those details. I will do a plug here, though, for some people say, wow, well, I've just never heard this spiritual realm teaching yeah. before. It's nothing new. Um, out there, but uh, one of the recent books, a guy named Michael Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser, has put a written a book called The Unseen Realm, and I would it's a pretty big book, but it's a great resource if you want to uh, really go in and, and, and try to understand how all this fits together. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, okay, something else you talked about, you talked about the parable where Jesus is teaching about the worker's wages and, you know, the worker who the came minus. to work all day, uh, got a dairy, and then worker who worked half day, denarii, worker who worked an hour, same thing, right? <clears throat> is is there a correlation to that story? Uh, you know, we talk about this huge spiritual realm and what we're going after. Uh, and I feel like it's so applicable today to think about the question, like, is the prize that we're running after, is that worth it? And I feel like the answer to that, like the biblical worldview that we're pursuing, if we're talking about the spiritual realm, training for reigning, like that's massive. But when we, we think about, oh, we're just going to getting through life, knowing Jesus, you know, like for me as a children's pastor, we're talking about like, oh, Jesus is my friend. It's like this really cute, really subtle thing. But when we talk about the, the massive extent of training to reign, yes. uh, is, is that yeah. kind of where that was leading that story? I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And I think, th- I think this is such a big issue today, right? We live in a, a, a culture, right? That is so narcissistic, right? Is so felt need oriented, emotionally driven, feelings driven. And again, we, yes, we need to be empathetic and come alongside each other. But uh, Jesus called his discipleship, right? Is one in this idea of training to reign is this is a stewardship. So again, this worldview is how, if we have a biblical worldview, especially the spiritual realm worldview, we should be looking at our life like a stewardship. In other words, I don't own anything. Everything I have is from God's hand and I'm going to be given account for it. Jesus says, matter of fact, when we stand before him, this is for believers as well. We'll give an account for every word that comes out of our mouth. In other words, it's a stewardship. There are consequences to what I do with my life, just like anything else in life, 
Um, and I think we shy so far away from that in this age of cheap grace uh, that we don't uh, really have a proper understanding of this training to reign, right? That, uh, that this is, uh, I should be looking at things with stewardship eyes, right? And Lord, how can, what, what is his thing? He said, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness. All these other things will be added. What are the other things? It's all the other things that we focus on, right? Food, clothing, money. Right, is that he'll take care of that. Focus on the kingdom because uh, we're to train and we're to expand and preach the kingdom and work for that in all of our spheres of influence with the idea that uh, he's coming back, right, to redeem things. And we're going to give a, a, an account, you know, and it's just like we see whether it's the parable of mine is the parable of the faithful servant, whatever. Um, those are there to make a strong point of how we're to view this life that he's given us, right? I think that's good. I think that kind of helps, you know, answer some of the things that I was kind of throwing out there is like, so the shift should be, I do have struggles. I do have worries. I do have anxieties. It's life. Things are going on. But if I focus more on the kingdom and start moving to that, clinging to his promises, like I would say, if you don't have a promise book, get a promise book and go read the story behind the promise to know where those promises came from, because those are still yes for you. Yeah, and I think in that, the shift, and then we want to see this in our church, I think, and was what Jesus modeled, right, is am I just kind of hovering in the felt needs crowd? In other words, uh, you know, what I need, you know, uh, uh, I need help with my this or that areas of my life versus am I making a move to where my focus is the kingdom of God and working towards, right, uh, advancing his kingdom. Uh, and, and this is why the Great Commission is go make disciples of all nations. It's a broad, it's pretty massive, right? There, it's a big, big thing. It's not just about me, right, in my little world. Is is boy, God calls us into this a much larger view of the kingdom and our role in that, right? And so we should get out of our little world again, as, a, as, as he said, and, and not worry about those, those felt needs so much, but seek first the kingdom and how we can advance, right, the kingdom. Yeah, and I think just, you know, to kind of wrap us up a little bit, uh, you talked about you know, typically we're in this narcissistic mindset. Um, and sometimes, you know, through humility, you know, when I think like, oh, God has a purpose for my life, it seems narcissistic. Oh, God cares about me and my purpose. Uh, But when you talk about it in a sense of he wants me to be part of the reigning process of of eternity, uh, it it kind of puts a a humbling factor, but also it gives me incentive to to want to pursue that that purpose in my life. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. But yeah, so do you have anything you want to, uh, you know, wrap us up with? You know, I just think the only, for me, the overwhelming thing is is tied to this idea of God's purpose for us, right? His ultimate purpose for us. And and, and to, to really get a hold of that, this idea of ruling and that he has stuff so much bigger than what we focus on. And the only way to really start moving that direction, again, is to have a biblical worldview and to understand this larger spiritual realm and battle with the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God that's going on. And the resources now that God has given us through the spiritual gifts, through the Holy Spirit, through the church, all these things together, right, to be a part of that kingdom work mm-hmm. and uh, that it's training for that future reigning. But uh, Romans 5 says we're to start reigning now in this life, right? Yeah. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so just I think the encouragement is, man, let's get out. Let's get our eyes off of our our little world, right, and, and start expanding to, to see uh, the kingdom and what God really has. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, Chris, anything else to add? No, I mean, I would just say like, you know, kingdom focus gives you something that will take you out of the fears and anxieties of today and give you the ability to reign over those things as you are addressing the things that God wants you to address in the day. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, that's all we got for you today. Uh, we're going to be here every week on Wednesdays, uh, just dropping, you know, we call it a little booster for your faith. Uh, just going off of what we talked about on Sunday, we're going to be tackling the root issues. Uh, so if you have any questions, any feedback, please hit us up. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.